Chapter 16. The Hunt. One of the things that I've learned over the years is this. If you want to be a good and an effective hunter while hunting for anything or for anyone, you first need to master the art of patience and also the art of being ambivalent to what time of the day it is. Whether it is morning, noon or night, a hunt is a hunt and it can last for a minute, an hour, a day. But no matter how long it takes and where it takes you, you cannot for a second give up on catching your prey. With that in mind, I exercised the art of patience as best as I could in my hunt for Val, as I waited, as I watched, and as I learnt as much as I could about the law firm that she worked for over the next couple of days after I moved into my new apartment, which I was now using as a makeshift base of operations and where I would return to day after day and plan the next phases of my hunt. Fortunately, there was a Starbucks coffee shop directly opposite the office building in which Ventura and Balance was located, so I spent most of my time looking out of the window at the law firm and at the people who came and went through its revolving glass door. As I waited, and as I observed, I consumed a great deal of food, not to mention caffeine. However, I did not just eat and drink. As I waited for a glimpse of Val, I also made notes in a notebook that I bought from a nearby stationery store, which I filled with times, descriptions and routines that I observed. I sat in the Starbucks for so long, day after day, that I naturally got asked by the baristas who worked in the coffee shop, What are you writing? And I always replied, Oh, nothing really. Just the story of my life. I was beginning to believe that I would never actually get to see Val either enter or exit through the revolving door of the law firm, nor anybody who I would recognise, which was why I was so surprised to see a very familiar face enter the office building of Ventura and Valance. It was none other than the same snooty familiar face of the man that I still remembered seeing after I woke up in Vega's bed over a month ago, after Vega and I had had that little misunderstanding about what Vega's true intentions were towards me. I was led to believe at the time that the man who I spoke to on that morning was merely Vega's assistant, or perhaps his butler, and that was why I was so surprised that, after all this time, here he was, walking into the same offices that I had under observation, and even then I knew that his appearance was no mere coincidence. What are they doing here? I asked myself. Were they here on behalf of Vega? Or did they have their own reasons for visiting the same law firm that Val worked for? I didn't think that Vega had sent them here, because as far as everybody else was concerned, Vega had died in the same house fire that destroyed my home. At least, that was what I had been led to believe. The man did not seem too phased about walking around in broad daylight either, which shocked me, because I had assumed that he was a vampire also. What is he doing here? I asked myself. I don't even know his name. But Vega, he must know, surely. After all, he did work for him. However, then it occurred to me, if Val did not come out, and if I couldn't follow her, perhaps I could follow whatever his name was and see where he went. So, I waited. I waited. And I waited until five o'clock that same evening when the starbucks that i was in was starting to close 
when I had to get up and go outside, and it was then, just as there appeared to be a flood of people leaving their respective businesses and heading home for the day, that I saw Val and the man who used to work for Vega leave Ventura and Valence, and holding hands as they walked away from the office building. They must be in a relationship with one another, I thought to myself. This was when my hunt finally began, and though I tried to maintain an effective distance without being seen by either Val or her companion, I did get the feeling, as I followed their every move, that they somehow knew that they were being followed, because they took their time and they did not seem to be in any kind of a hurry to get to anywhere in particular. It was already six o'clock in the evening and I knew that I had to keep my instincts as sharp as possible at all times in order to not lose my prey, namely the two vampires in front of me. I followed Val and her companion for miles through the now dark city streets and then finally at about 6.45pm I followed them into this bar called the Intro Venus or the IV for short the name of which I instantly recognised as being a play on words because it sounded exactly like the word intravenous when you said it quickly. It was obvious that this place was some kind of vampire bar. However, when I walked inside, the fact that it was a bar for vampires was not plainly apparent. But why would it be? It's not as if any normal person would suspect that the red wine that they served in this bar was really blood. Why would they? I don't actually know that they actually sold blood by the bottle or anything like that, but I don't think that it is too much of a stretch of the imagination to assume because, because what I witnessed next convinced me beyond any shadow of a doubt that the bar that I had followed Val into was indeed a vampire bar. I followed Val and her companion through the busy crowd of people inside the darkly lit bar to the very back of the large space where the entrances to the toilets were located that had printed on them individually men, women, disabled, staff and also a door which had the letter V printed upon it in what looked like red paint and it was that door that Val and her companion entered through I chose to not immediately follow them through the door with the letter V on it because, quite honestly, at the time, I did not know what lay on the other side. As the night went on, the lighting in the darkly lit bar steadily changed to a dark red hue as patrons came and went until there was no more than a handful of people in the bar, one of whom being me. And it was as I sat in one of the booths of the bar that I got the distinct impression that I had potentially walked into a trap, and for all intents and purposes, I was now surrounded. However, I continued to sit and wait, periodically looking around to the door with the letter V on it in every so often. I was about to get up and walk out of the bar. However, then I heard a door creak open and also the sound of footfalls slowly walking over the floor of the now silent bar, the sounds of which echoed more so now that hardly anybody was in the bar. And then I heard a voice coming from behind me say my name. Olivia Hunter, how nice it is to see you after so long, said the snooty voice of Vegas' former assistant, Butler, whatever. 
I slowly turned around in my seat, and then I quickly came face to face with the same vampire who I had met over a month ago in Vega's bedroom, and who I had seen walk into the bar with Val. Do you come here often? asked the vampire with a smile, wearing a grey suit and with a red handkerchief in the left-hand side pocket of his jacket, a red shirt and a pair of shiny crimson red leather shoes. No, I replied. It's, it's my first time, actually. How about you? I asked with a smile, as I quickly calculated in my mind the potential options that I had available to me, one being a way out of the bar in case I needed it. Oh yes, all the time, in fact. The 1787 Chateau Mogo is divine. You must try it. How about I get us a couple of glasses, said the vampire, with a look in his eye that I could not read accurately. However, at least to me, he looked like he was enjoying every moment. I'm fine, I replied, as I put my right hand into the air. I was... I was actually just about to leave, as a matter of fact, I said, as I began to shuffle myself out of the booth where I was sat. Not at all. I insist. Just a little sip. And believe me, you will never forget it, said the vampire, as he put his right hand on my left hand, and he gently held it down upon the table, as he too sat down at the booth. Us meeting here is so serendipitous, do you not think? After all this time, said the vampire with a grin. Of course, of course. It's just that I... I need to get home. Uh, I have a lot of work to catch up on. and It's getting very late, I said nervously, as I tried to remove my hand from underneath the vampire's ice-cold touch. Oh, but you can't, Olivia. Not before, not before we become reacquainted with one another. You see, I believe that you and I got off on the wrong foot when we last saw one another. I mean, when you are standing under the shadow cast by someone intimidating, it can be hard to know the right words to say, yes? Just as when you work for someone without a soul, it can be hard to relearn how to act around other people. Especially women who are as beautiful and lovely as you, said the snivelling vampire. That is so sweet of you to say, Mr. Mr. I replied as I looked into the vampire's dark eyes. Mr. Oh, I'm no Mr., replied the vampire with a chuckle before he continued. However, if you so require, you may call me Vanguard, if you so wish said Vanguard with a smile and a quick wink from his right eye. Vanguard, huh? I replied as I studied his every movement. Yes. In fact, that name was given to me by a mutual acquaintance of ours a very, very long time ago. They, they gave me that name at the same time they gave me the place by their side that I enjoyed for so long, replied Vanguard quietly, before one of the bar staff appeared near our booth holding a wooden tray with a full bottle of a 1787 Chateau Margaux red wine that looked as pristine as it would have done back in the 18th century when it was originally bottled, as well as two large wine glasses. The barman set both the old bottle of wine and the two wine glasses down on the table as gently as he could, and then he stepped away and he disappeared from view.
Here we are, as promised. I know that you will love this, said Van Gard, as he proceeded to uncork the bottle of wine. I, I, I really do need to get going, I said, as I tried to shuffle out of the booth again. However, when I looked towards the entrance to the bar, I noticed that there were two men standing by the now closed doors. Just have a little taste. This bottle alone is worth more than you could make in a year, maybe even two years, at your job as a said Vanguard, as he successfully uncorked the bottle of red wine with a wide-eyed grin. There. Please, I... I... I said, as I tried as hard as I could to get myself out of the current predicament that I found myself in. Olivia, this won't take long, and I've been saving this very bottle for a very special occasion said Vanguard, as he proceeded to pour the contents of the bottle of wine into two wine glasses on the table in between us. And then, when he was done emptying the entirety of the wine bottle into both glasses, Vanguard took a hold of the wine glass directly in front of him, and he raised it into the air. I... I would like to raise a glass and call a toast. Will you join me, Olivia? said Vanguard, as he looked me in the eye and as he held out his now full wine glass out in front of him. I reluctantly reached out for the other glass of wine, and then I too raised it up, and then I said, And what is the occasion? I asked, as I readied myself to call upon the wolf to break free. Why, the death of a god, the death of a dictator, the fall of a king. The king is dead, the king is dead, long live the king said Vanguard exuberantly as he reached out and touched his wine glass to mine. Who? I asked nonchalantly. Why, the king of us all. Someone, the one who we all once loved, worshipped, trusted. The one who we would have continued to have done anything and everything for. However, someone, someone... The one, the one who ultimately betrayed us all. Whoever he, they, are now dead. Because, because they did not listen. They are dead because they turned their back on their own kind. They are dead because their people learned how to live without them. They are dead because, because of you. Because of you, Olivia Hunter. And that is why you are here, said Vanguard, before he took a large gulp of the wine from his glass. Ah, ah, oh, yes. Mm, that is as exquisite as I remember. That is divine. However, not as exquisite nor as divine as the blood from the veins of a still-beating heart. But what could ever hope to be, said Vanguard with a smile. I'm not sure whether you're aware of this, but the man, the one who you had sex with, the one who brought you into his home, the one who defied the will and defiled the livelihood of his people, the one who broke your heart and sent you away, the one who went to your house and who died within it as the flames engulfed him. He, Vega, was a vampire. He was our king. But now he is dead, 
and now I am the king. And if you have not yet guessed, I too am a vampire, as is everybody in this room, as a matter of fact, said Vanguard smugly. No, really? Oh my God, you're joking. I can't believe this. Wow, I had no idea. I wasn't expecting that. I said sarcastically with a smile before I burst out into a fit of laughter. <laughs> sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to sound so sarcastic there, but you know, sometimes that part of me just comes out unexpectedly, and it's not the only thing that does, I said as I put down my glass of wine on the table and I moved it to my right hand side. You already knew all that? asked Vanguard with a frown. Oh dear, I think I just stole his thunder. I sarcastically thought. Hmm, let me think. Well, yeah. Yeah, I suppose I did. Call it... Call it women's intuition. Call it instinct. Call it... Call it... I know a bloodsucker when I'm looking at one. Or you could call it... Vega told me all this before he... Before he died, I said, as I purposefully hesitated. He did? Well, to be honest, I'm not at all surprised. After all, he was crazy when the end came for him, replied Vanguard with a grin. Really? And how would you know that? I don't remember you showing up to my house. And where were you when my house was being torched, by the way? At home? In your coffin, perhaps? Hanging upside down from the ceiling, maybe? Enjoying a glass of be positive by any chance? I replied sarcastically, which I realised might not be at all advisable, especially since I could see that Vanguard was beginning to get a little annoyed by me. And how is it that you survived, Olivia? And, may I ask, where have you been since the fire at your home? asked Vanguard. Didn't your mother ever tell you that it is rude to answer a question with a question? I replied with a smile. No. Did yours? replied Vanguard immediately, and very annoyed at this point. You see, Olivia, nobody has seen you, nor heard anything from you in quite some time. And people, some people have been worried about your well-being. They, they have all been concerned about what happened to you and where you went. And uh, where was it that you went, Olivia? replied Vanguard, as he finally put his glass of wine to the side also. Oh, somewhere, somewhere far away. Somewhere safe, I replied as I leaned in towards Vanguard. And with whom, may I ask? asked Vanguard as he mirrored my pose and he too leaned in towards me. With, with me, myself and I. And we had a very good time. And yeah, you know, that time away was just what I needed. It was just what anybody would need after they witnessed the dozen or so Molotov cocktails being thrown into their home, I would imagine. I replied sarcastically as I glared at Vanguard from across the other side of the booth. And then Vanguard sat quietly for a moment, seemingly smiling to himself as if he were thinking. And then he said, I'm sure, I'm sure. However, you see, the thing is, 
and that which has been preoccupying my mind since I realised that your body had not been recovered from the remains of your house, and what I cannot stop asking myself is, where did you go? Who helped you get out? And who has been keeping you safe? And following on from what you have just said, I also have to wonder, how? How? How did you know that your house was set on fire by Molotov cocktails? And I asked that question because I was led to believe that you were unconscious at the time that your house was set ablaze. However, it is possible that you were not really unconscious. But if you had been awake, no doubt you might have died in place of your precious Vega. Because without question, you would have put yourself within the path of the blade that stabbed our former vampire king through the chest, said Vanguard, smiling throughout. Well, yes. Yes, you are completely right. I... I was indeed unconscious. But just because a person is unconscious, that does not mean that they are not aware of what is going on around them. In other ways, I replied with a smirk. You know what? Why don't we just cut the crap? And why don't you just tell me how you got out of your house without even a scratch on you? Asked a very annoyed looking vanguard. Just lucky, I guess. It was... It was a miracle, I tell you. I replied with a grin. You know, I could fly over this table within a split second and rip your throat open before you could say another word. But today... I'm feeling benevolent. So instead, I'm going to ask you one last time. How did you survive? And who? Who helped you? Asked Vanguard as he stood up ever so slightly so that he could look down upon me. And what happened next? Well, you could say that all hell broke loose because that was when all the lights in the bar suddenly went out and when the wolf in me came out.